When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. It's a historic Super Bowl, but in many more reasons than we realize. It's Canty and Carlin, presented by Progressive Insurance. We're in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio, on your smart speaker, on Sirius XM Channel 80. And Doug Williams, the Super Bowl winning quarterback, the Super Bowl 22 MVP, was on with KJM this morning. He was, of course, the first black quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl. This is the first Super Bowl where we have two black quarterbacks facing off against one another. Let's hear from Doug on on that very thought that this is the first Super Bowl with two black starting quarterbacks. We got two black quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. Why are we talking about it? Because it never happened. Now, if we hadn't if we hadn't been worried about race back in the day, we wouldn't be here. You wouldn't have to be talking to me. But but we're here now because it does matter to let people know that if, if you're black and you play quarterback, you can play if you're given the opportunity. This is a positive to me, this is positive for, for all of us. Not just for black quarterback, but for the National Football League. Listen. Yeah, Doug Williams is absolutely right. And to have him say that, of course, knowing you know, his position when it comes to the history of the National Football League just puts everything into context, man, because it's been an uphill climb since the inception of the National Football League to have people in positions of power within these franchises. And I'm not just talking about um, I'm not just talking about ownership or general managers or head coaches, but we're also talking about quarterbacks, which is the marquee position for all of these franchises. Quarterbacks are the faces of the league, Carlin. That's just what it is. And they're representatives of the entertainment product. And for owners to get to the point where they're comfortable with black people, black players, representing their brands, representing their organization, I think it speaks to how far we've come. We still got a long ways to go because we're we're talking about a league that's 70% black and yet we only have three black head coaches. But, Carlin, now in the National Football League, we have eight black general managers. We've got nine black starting quarterbacks. We're moving in the right direction, and the NFL is making inroads in terms of the minority pipeline and trying to get more coaches, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball, experience in the NFL ranks so they can graduate um, to the point where they're getting these job interviews and eventually landing these coaching vacancies, but Carlin, it's it's great to see that we have this era of football have this matchup in this time because I do think that the the black quarterback, the rise of the black quarterback, the prominence of black quarterbacks is what will in part define this era of football that we're in right now. Yeah, Jason Reed of ESPN wrote uh, the book, The Rise of the Black Quarterback, which is an outstanding book if you have not seen it as of yet. We've had him on a couple of times uh, to talk about that. But just that, the position of power and the respect that 
comes with being a franchise quarterback. Yes. And the idea that that can, you know, leadership more than anything else, right? I mean, it, the leadership position that is in, or the leadership skills that are entailed and necessary for that job as it continues to get better as a starting quarter, uh, when we talk about the job of starting quarterback, as it continues to get better, as we continue to see um, more opportunities out there for guys who, frankly, in years past and not too distant in the in the past recently with yeah. with uh, Lamar Jackson, well, no, he's got to think about a different position. Yeah, that was that was crazy. Now you know you had a respected. NFL talent evaluator, Hall of Fame talent evaluator, general manager, say that about Lamar Jackson. And that just lets you know that those attitudes from yesteryear are not completely gone. Now, I think the NFL has done a better job of trying to clean some of that stuff up. But, Carlin, we we still have work to do in terms of creating equitable opportunities for the most valuable position in all of team sports. And a lot of that has to do with owners' comfort levels with these individuals' leading their organization. The quarterback is essentially the CEO, right? Think about this. You're talking about quarterbacks making $50 million a year, Carlin. You know, the next highest paid position player is making $30 million a year. So there's a huge gap there in terms of what quarterbacks make in comparison to every other position on the football field. Quarterbacks are viewed closer to partnership with owners than any other players in the locker room. I've said it before. I'll say it again. The quarterback is closer to the owners than he is the other 52 guys on the team. That's just the reality of it. Now, if you're an owner, how comfortable are you with your quarterback being a black player? How comfortable are you? That's a thing in terms of, you know, representing our franchise. And I'm glad to see that we're getting further and further removed from what it was when Doug Williams played to where we are right now. And that's reflected in having Pat Mahomes and Jalen Hurts be the two starting quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. Canty and Carlin in for Greedy on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80, which leads us to the next conversation. And we didn't mm. really talk about this this morning. The ownership situation has got to, I mean, it, when are we breaking through here? You know, Byron Allen is one of the contenders to purchase the Washington Commanders. Yes. Now, I don't know what the bids are going to look like. You'd think at this point we're talking about $7 billion, Yeah, right? It's going to be a lot of money. No owner is going to sell for a penny less than the highest bid just because it is the right, responsible thing to do, let alone uh, Daniel Snyder, who could actually make history in doing it. But, Chris, I don't know where you go to try to break that ceiling where the league is actively pursuing minority ownership across the board. It feels like that has never been the case before. And if I'm the league right now, could there be a more perfect scenario than to have minority ownership in Washington, D.C.? No. I mean, especially when you think about the the makeup of that city, the demographics of it, it it would be a perfect fit. But here's the thing, Carlin, and you nailed it. I think it has to do with inclusivity. And the NFL in the recent years, has not necessarily been on the right side of inclusivity when it comes to relationships with black and brown communities. And so that's one of the things that you have to worry about. I mean, there certainly are qualified individuals who would be able to pay what the asking price for the Washington commanders are. There are black people that have that kind of scratch. It's just a matter of how 
how aggressive does the NFL want to be in getting those folks to be included in their product and looking at that individual as a true partner in the development of the league? Because it's one thing to own an NFL team. It's another thing to have a seat at the table, Carlin. Mm -hmm. And I think we've looked at the NFL ownerships, the ownership groups, and the owners in particular as the good old boys club. How receptive would they be to having a black owner based on some of the things that we've seen them do in the past, based on how they've handled Colin Kaepernick? I'm not quite sure. So that's the part that won't get answered. We'll probably never have answers to that. But I'm hoping that we see a black owner in the NFL sooner rather than later. I will say this. The fact that we see black general managers and those numbers increasing is a positive sign. It is a positive sign because those are decision makers. They actually can dictate who gets these coaching vacancies, who gets these jobs. They can dictate what the personnel looks like, creating opportunities or evaluating players for their merits and not necessarily the other things that have nothing to do with winning football games. And so I I have hope for the direction that the NFL is going just based on the numbers and the trends, but I still can acknowledge that we have a long way to go. But this Super Bowl is a celebration of how far we've come. Chris, the NFL, I I think there's no question that the NFL – is one of the great business conglomerates in the history of this country. Yes. And it is printing money right now. Mm -hmm. And we all know that can change depending on what happens in the future. Less people playing football, all that kind of stuff. But right now, the the two minority owners that you have are Kim Bagula in Buffalo, and you've got Shad Khan in Jacksonville, and no black owners as we know. Yeah. Just once... You'd like to see it head in the right direction where a group of people in power, such as the 32 NFL owners and Roger Goodell are, would eschew the every last penny mentality to do the right thing when they can afford to do it. Well, I don't think I'm not asking them to take a billion dollars. Well, well, Carlin, I don't think they have to, though. I don't think but they have to. But that's the point, Chris. They don't they, have to, they don't, but they should want to. No, but here's the thing. I don't think they have to in order to create an opportunity for uh, a, a majority black owner. I mean, think about I'm it. I'm not I, talking about cutting, you know, taking definitively a, a lot less money. What I'm saying is going out and actively pursuing it. Well, that's the point. That, yeah. That's what we're saying. Again, like I, I said before, there are black individuals that have the kind of money that it would take to be the majority owner of an NFL franchise like the Washington Commanders. There are people out there that have that kind of money. It's just a matter of the NFL making sure that they're recruiting those individuals to be a part of an ownership group and assuring them that once they are in the NFL, they will have a voice, they will have a seat at the table, and they will have a say in terms of how we shape the direction of the league moving forward. Too often, Carlin, it seemed like the good old boys club and that black folks didn't have a seat at the table and weren't welcome. And so you're going to have to undo over a 100 years of the perception that you don't want black people to have a seat at the table. You don't want fair and equitable opportunities for all. That has to change, Colin, and I don't know that they've done enough in this short period of time where they've tried to be hyper-focused in addressing it in changing the perception you know, that's out there right now. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, in for Greeny today. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and we are coming to you live from the Seaport District of Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Up next, the hometown team of Tom Brady will not be getting the all-time great 
to be their quarterback for one last year. So where do they turn now? Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Katia Carlin, ESPN Radio, in for Greeny today on the ESPN app. We had Brandon Graham on our show yesterday from 3 to 7 p.m. He's awesome, by the way. Awesome. He really is. He's a great player on the field, set a career high in sacks. But, Carlin, you highlighted the stuff that he does off the field. It's just tremendous, man. The the dude is about as good of of a guy as an athlete as I've ever met. Mm -hmm. And... uh, I was saying, like, we asked him at the beginning yesterday. I don't get this. Like, and please explain this to me. If I was Brandon Graham, I would have a mural on the outside of my house of me strip sacking Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. On the outside. Because if you didn't know, now you know who did it. That was me. He doesn't even have it up in his house yet. Yeah. What was that? Super Bowl 53, 2017? 52. 52. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, that was the game-winning play, Yeah, basically, you gotta, for the you gotta get You have to have that out there. What is the – do you have a quintessential play for you that you would have up in your house or that you do have up uh, in one of your apartments that you're moving yeah, into? Yeah, so my first game back against the Dallas Cowboys, um, and this was in Texas – well, not even Texas Stadium. It was in Jerry's World in 2010 – Mm-hmm. I was knocking the hell out of Tony Romo. And I had a couple of plays, but there's one specific hit that drew a 15-yard penalty. And I knew I was going to get flagged after it. But after I hit Tony Romo, I looked back at him and I said, money well spent. And I ended up paying 15 grand in fines for the hit on Romo. But that was one of those moments where it's like, 
they let me get away, and I'm going to make them pay, and I'm going to make you pay because you used to piss me off in practice. <laughs> That's it. All right, well, how did he piss you off in practice? Well, he just got on my nerves. Like, he would play great in practice, but he wouldn't play great in the games when it mattered. Think about – Well, think, that, would, that would be think aggravating. About think about it. In 2006, we're in the playoffs in Seattle. He bobbles the snap. And yeah. he tries to run it around the end and gets tackled, and we get bounced from the playoffs in that instance. The next year, we got the best record. The best record in the NFC. 13 and 3, if 13 I'm not mistaken. 13 and 3, Carlin. And the New York Giants roll into town, and what ends up happening? Tony Romo throws a pick to R.W. McQuarters to end the game. Could you blame Patrick Creighton more for that he one? He gets some too, but I mean, Tony Romo, did you have to go to Cabo the week before? That's true. Did you have to go to Cabo? Listen. Tony Romo, not, Jessica Simpson, I'm Jason Witten on I'm the not, beach. I'm not begrudging him for, you know, doing that or whatever. Why do, why do all of these stories with my teams end up at a beach? Odell Beckham on a beach <laughs> right before the Green Bay playoff game. I, just, I don't understand it. But anyway, yeah, I had some stuff I had to get off my chest with Tony Romo in that game, and I did that. Bubba, 15 grand, well worth it. Your thoughts as a Cowboy fan? I mean, how can we just move on? <laughs> Bubba, if you had, if sounds you, Bubba, if you had a chance to have a free run at Tony Romo when he was the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys after a disappointing playoff loss, what would you pay in order to hit him? Look, Romo's still my – I'm still a Romo supporter. I'm not trying to hurt Romo or make fun of Romo. My, I, I still support Romo. I'm a Romo guy. You still support Romo? Yeah. What did Romo ever do for you other than give you heartbreak? He had some tough endings, but he was he's, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's a good guy? I don't know, Jim. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, Bubba Babe Laufenberg was a good guy. Yeah, he's, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. <laughs> Get out of here, man. Quincy Carter, or well, Quincy Carter, was he a good guy? Yeah, maybe. But listen, point is, good guy doesn't seem to matter much when it comes to evaluating. No, fans. especially if you're on the team. And I you mean, feel like I, I would have liked him to win a Super Bowl, yes. But I mean, not yet. Bubba, we We're had 15 Pro game. Bowlers, Bubba. 15 Pro Bowlers. And you can't win a playoff game? Kinda Come sounds, on, man. Kind of sounds like you want to hit Romo now. <laughs> it still lingers. <laughs> And moving right along. Kenji and Carlin moving in for right on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Uh, yesterday, Kyle Shanahan and uh, the 49ers head coach in their end-of-year press conference addressing how they're going to approach the quarterback situation this offseason. I know we have two starters on our team right now that I believe we can win with. When you have that situation, you're not that eager to go looking around. It's unfortunate when quarterbacks get hurt, but you, know, you try to have three. Sometimes you bring four into camp, but... I don't think we're going to start having five or anything like that. So Brock did a pretty good job being durable all year, and they got his elbow in an unfortunate situation, which I think has happened to a number of quarterbacks. The good thing about Brock is that wasn't an issue. It was a freak accident that I think everyone saw what happened. And when you talk to the doctors, it takes three months to really get back to repairing it and building it up the right way. And in six months, he'll be the same guy. I wish you guys could see Jimmy being back, and if so, what what would that look? No, I don't see any scenario of that. <laughs> wow. That Damn, was, and all Jimmy did was help you get to a Super Bowl and step in when your starting quarterback got hurt in Trey Lance. Now I want to know The guy that you Jimmy tried did. to replace him with. You didn't give him a playbook all offseason, Carlin. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo has done nothing but be, be there for you. Now, he's cash checks, too. But he's done nothing but be there for you yeah. if you're Kyle Shanahan. And to disregard Jimmy, to not even have a thought when the other two quarterbacks on the roster have serious injury concerns— that is wild to me. Uh, that is. I, I want to know what Jimmy did. Jimmy had to have done something 
that really rubbed him the wrong way. You know what Jimmy did? He overthrew Emmanuel Sanders in the fourth quarter in 2019 in the Super Bowl. That's what Jimmy did. Well, it was actually 2020, but the 2019 season. You it it kind of I mean. sounds like Kyle Shanahan wants to hit Jimmy like you hit Tony Romo. Yeah, it kind of kind of does. He really... But, I, but here's the thing, though, Carlin. And looking at that situation, I get that you don't want to go down the road of Jimmy G. You want to leave room for the young quarterbacks. But you're going to have to have a veteran quarterback in that quarterback room, man. We well, just have to. I can't take it when he says, I know we have two quarterbacks we can win with. No, you don't. You know you have one quarterback that you can win with. You don't know that you can win with. Do Trey you know Lance that yet. you can win with Brock Purdy? Well, you've, you, what was he seven and zero until they lost in the yeah the championship playoffs, game. The championship you got a couple game. of couple of and he got playoff, hurt. You got a couple of playoff wins, but Carlin, it's such a small sample size, man. Well, it's it it's is. bigger than than Trey Lance's, and that's size. my point. Yeah, and that's why I would feel more comfortable if you had a steady veteran hand in there. Maybe a guy like Jacoby Brissett makes some sense. You saw him step in in Cleveland, and even though. You know, Cleveland was an abject disaster this year. At least you know you can get competent quarterback play from him. And with that roster, Carlin, maybe that's all you need until those guys can prove that they're healthy and they're ready to go. Coming up, the man who was smoking a big fat cigar this past weekend. Not Patrick Mahomes, Pat Mahomes Sr. His father is going to join us in just a few minutes. The former Major League pitcher will be with us. Still overpaying for a razor in this economy? Gross. uh, Inflation is lame. Crying at the gas station is lame. And overpaying for razors is lame. That's why Dollar Shave Club exists. With Dollar Shave Club, you can get a top-shelf shave at a regular shelf price. They've been hawking shaving products for years online, and they're excited to bring you the same great quality and low prices at a store near you. Find Dollar Shave Club in the men's razor aisle. Get your Dollar Shave Club razor wherever you want. Epic razors, epically affordable. Greeny, the podcast. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. 
Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You got a cigar of your own, I see. Yeah, I'm smoking the Joe Burrow. You smoking on the Joe Burrow. I'm smoking on the Joe Burrow. How's know? it feel to be headed back to Super Bowl? Uh, it feels great, you know. You know, my baby boy did what he always do. You know, he's going to show up and, and show out. And I'm just glad he did it. Yeah, Pat Mahomes Sr. was enjoying smoking on that Joe Burrow the other day. And why wouldn't you? You saw his kid on one leg dominate the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. And on the ESPN app, tune in to NBA action tonight as the Cavs host the Grizzlies. Presented by Indeed, coverage begins 7 p.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. Patrick Mahomes Sr. joins us right now, the former Major League Baseball pitcher. And, of course, he is the father of Patrick Mahomes II. He joins us uh, right now on ESPN Radio. Pat, it's Chris Carlin and Chris Canty in for Greeny today. Congratulations, and that had to be pretty sweet for you to see your your son going to his third Super Bowl in five years. First off, thank you, uh, thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, it was it was awesome, man. What's going on, fellas? Nothing much, man. We're just excited about the matchup. It's historic in a lot of ways, but we have the the first matchup between two starting black quarterbacks in the National Football League. Uh, and so I, I think it, it in part defines this era of football that we're in. But Patrick, I just wanted to ask you because, you, you know, uh, your relationship with the, your son, obviously, and the other players on that Chiefs team. How much did the trash talk leading up to the AFC Championship game motivate the Chiefs to go out there and do what they did this past Sunday? Well, I think knowing some of the guys the way I know it, I, I know it definitely, you know, had them uh, pretty fired up. Um, the Chiefs uh, don't go about their business that way. They really don't talk a lot of trash, so uh, nobody was going to really say anything. But, you know, deep down, I know what fuels my – my son and I know how Kelsey is built and, and a couple other guys on the team. And I know that they were, uh, you know, hell bent on going out there and, and defending their turf. So you say, you know, what fuels your son, what does fuel him the most competition, man? I mean, he, he wants to go out there and compete. He wants to compete at the highest level and, uh, you know, go out there and, and, and showcase, you know, the things that he can do and do whatever he think it's possible to try to get his team a win. Pat, how much of that competitive fire was instilled in him and just being in locker rooms and being around you during your career? Well, I think I had a lot of that in me too. Uh, But I think really being around, you know, the locker rooms and seeing the way the guys went about their business. I mean, some of the best guys in the business, A-Rod, Derek Jeter, you know, Mike Piazza, those type of guys he saw, you know, on a day-in and day-out basis go out there and get their work in and, and and work even harder than some of the guys that they were a whole lot better than because they knew they had to do that to be able to stay where they were at. And I think he saw that. He's always remembered that, and, and he uses that a lot when he goes out and, and tries to prepare himself for each and every week. Pat Mahomes Sr., he, of course, the father of Patrick Mahomes and former Major League pitcher, joining Canty and Carlin in for Greeny. Just how special has this ride been? I mean, I don't know that you could ever write this storybook over the first five years of his career. It's been sweet, man. Uh, uh, To be honest with you, uh, I didn't know uh, that um, it would be like this. I thought that uh, he would get here and it would take a little while for him to adjust. But, uh, you know, he proved me wrong just like he's he's proved a lot of other people wrong 
by, you know, hitting the ground running. And and I knew once he got to that point that he would be okay because I know he was going to try to keep doing, you know, everything he could to improve. And he was put up in a great situation, you know, uh, get the chance to join a, a winning team, a winning organization uh, with the way they do things and having the weapons and stuff that he had. And he was able to, to get adjusted to it real quick. And it's just been crazy, man. I mean, Three Super Bowls, you know, in, in five years is is pretty outstanding. And, and, Pat, you talk about the situation that he came into. Obviously a great organization, but also a really good head coach in Andy Reid that's had a lot of success with quarterbacks that have similar skill sets to what your son has. And so just how important has Andy B. Reid been in the development and the sustained success of your son, Patrick Mahomes? Well, he's been very important. I mean, uh, a guy, you know, you see his record with quarterbacks and the way he's done things. But he's also been fortunate enough to have, you know, Eric Bieniemy. He's had uh, Mike, Kafka, Mike Kafka, uh, uh Nagy. You know, he's had great quarterback coaches, and, and they've showed him a lot. But the thing I think that helped him the most was getting a chance to sit that first year and, and be behind Alex Smith and Alex show him, you know, how – to be a professional, how to, how to go about your business, how to work, you know, how to prepare, how to study. And I think he was a sponge and he, and he soaked it all in. And I think that was probably the most key uh, ingredient to what we're seeing now. Former Major League pitcher Pat Mahomes Sr., the father of Patrick Mahomes, joining Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. So Pat went, uh, Patrick went on um, the Jason Kelsey, Travis Kelsey podcast yesterday, and he was telling a story about his first game when Travis had a particularly tough game, and you gave Travis a pep talk. Do you remember that? Uh, I remember, yes. It was in L.A. What did yeah. you tell him? Uh, we- <laughs> We were there, and after the game, you know, we had won. Of course, you know, Kelsey's a team guy, but you could tell that he, he was a little upset with, you know, the way he had played that day. And and what I was trying to tell him was that uh, the thing that I know about my son for watching him all these years is that he's going to throw the ball, you know, to whoever's open. It doesn't matter what number or what name you have on your jersey. He's going to throw the ball to whoever he feels like is open. He's going to spread the ball around and – I just told him that, you know, his day was coming. You know, they, they, they double-teamed him today, and Tyreek was open, so Tyreek got the lion's share of the catches. But, you know, if he just stay in there and keep his head up, you know, he's going to get the ball if he's open. So I think the next game he had two or three touchdowns uh, against Pittsburgh. So he came up to me after the, after the game, and he said, you were right, Pops. So that's the way it's always been. Patrick, how close are your son and Travis Kelsey? Because, I mean, it seems like they're really, really close. Even in the post-game interview with Tracy Wolfson after they won the AFC Championship game, Travis Kelsey was right there screaming Burrowhead and you know what else he said after that. But, you know, it was it was exciting to see that moment. But it seems like both of those guys have a really special relationship. Talk a little bit about that. Well, they're the best of friends, man. I haven't seen a relationship like that in a long time. And, you know, they're always around each other. They're always kidding. They, they, they do dinner. They do games. They play golf together all the time. And, and I've been fortunate enough to, to be able to travel with them some and go do golf trips and go to the Pro Bowl and, you know, go to the match and, and all this different stuff. And they're always having a great time together. So I think, that really helps with their chemistry. You know, they kind of, you know, kind of know what each other is going to do. And 
that's a valuable, valuable thing, you know, for a quarterback and then to have that safety blanket at tight end that doesn't look like a tight end that plays like a wide receiver, you know, it's it's just kind of special. Talking to Pat Mahomes Sr., former Major League Baseball pitcher and the father of Patrick Mahomes II on Greeny. And, Pat, we saw yesterday Tom Brady, one of the greatest football players of all time, retire. And I'm curious to know what influence has Brady's career had on your son, Patrick, and just the opportunity for Patrick to compete against him at Brady's late stages in his career. What has that been like? What kind of influence has Tom Brady had on your son? Had a big influence because that's, you know, kind of where Patrick wants to get. You know, um, I remember the first time we played them, well, Patrick's first time playing against them, um, he came out of the the for the pregame and, and he was looking right at Patrick and he was saying some stuff to him, you know, talking a little trash, you know, just kind of letting him know that, that he was still the man and that he was a new kid on the block. And I think that kind of opened his eyes and he's realizing this guy's, you know, 40 years old at the time, 40 or 41 years old at the time. And he's still that fired up about the game that that let him know how far he needed to go and, and how much, you know, he needed to do. And then, you know, once they, you know, did have battles and and Brady, you know, came on top, came out on top a couple times. Uh, the words that Brady gave him of encouragement let him know that he was doing things the right way, and now he just had to figure out a way to win. Uh, Pat, one of our producers, uh, Bubba, is a huge Mets fan, and I think this question is probably a little bit unfair, but he doesn't get a chance to talk to you very much, so he asked me to to ask this question. Uh, August 2000, you're in San Diego. I wants to know why you threw a first-pitch fastball to Damian Jackson with the bases loaded. <laughs> Man, that was a crazy game. It was a funny situation because uh, I was supposed to have the day off that day. I pitched the day before, and... Um, was having a really good year, and uh, I went out and, and had a, a little bit too much fun the night before, and I came back in for a day game, and um, for Hershiser, who was uh, who was scheduled to pitch that day, uh, his back was hurting, so they told me I was the starting pitcher, and I messed around and uh, walked the pitcher to, to load the bases, and I threw a first-pitch fastball to the leadoff hitter, and he hit, hit it over the fence for a grand slam, so... I think I ended up giving up 10 runs that day in about three innings, so it, it wasn't a good day. Yeah, good job, Bubba. See, the poor guy was, wasn't even supposed to pitch that day. That's on you. I mean, he pitched a couple of days in a row. Bubba, disappointing. I mean, I blame uh, Hershiser on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, we can't let yeah, you go. With, back Pat- lifting his kids. <laughs> Oh, man. Pat, we can't let you go without getting your early read on Super Bowl 57. What's your prediction for the big game? Oh, man, I just think it's going to be a great game. You know, like you said, you know, you got uh, two black starting quarterbacks, you know, starting the game, which is historic in itself. Uh, you got a, a team that has, you know, a really good ball club over there, and we have a really good ball club. So it's going to be a fight. You know, I think whoever makes the less mistakes is going to win that game. And uh, I'm just so excited to to be able to witness, this, witness it and uh, be a part of it. Pat, listen, it's going to be special. We know that for you. We appreciate you popping on with us for a few minutes. Have a great time next week in Arizona. Anytime, fellas. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Pat Mahomes, senior, former major league pitcher, and Patrick Mahomes' father. Bubba, I really thought that was a little bit unfair on your part. I, you know, listen, 
I know that fans take things badly when things don't go well, but I, first of all, I was not expecting a detailed explanation. He remembered every aspect of it. And Man, by the way, he, he brought us right back to the day. Yes, he did. And he did give up 10 runs. Right, four. right. Oh before, before, before he said goodbye to me, I just talked to him on the phone. He said, tell Bubba that was a bad question. Yes. <laughs> he did not want to relive Bubba, that. Bubba's clearly. a bad guy. He's a bad guy. <laughs> but he fully supports Tony Romo still. Unbelievable. Full what is happening? Tony Romo. Uh, a bad teammate. Yeah. Just what is t- happening here? Just, just terrible. It's Canty and Carlin yeah. in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Speaking of terrible, my guy's having Carl- a tough day. Carlin, I got to move. And you know the worst part about moving? Again? Uh, Haven't I, you moved 12 times? He has times? moved. Yes, like I've moved three times, times in the last three years. What well, do you want from me, Bubba? Uh, to stop clear. moving would be nice. I would like to stop moving, too. Tell my landlords to stop jacking up the rent, and I won't move. So you, How about that? But you are moving because you are doing a lot of work on the ho- on the place that you bought. You are yes. basically doing a lot of renovation. I'm doing a renovation, a home renovation. In New York is, City, which there is no red tape yeah, involved there. Exactly, exactly. So we're going on a couple of years now with the renovation. Of right. course, they're going to be overages it takes longer than the contractors tell you initially it's going to take but that aside Carlin I've had to move into different apartments because the rents keep going up and so now I'm in a situation where I'm forced to move yet again this weekend and I'm trying to lay all of the groundwork and set all the appointments up you know you got to have the cable people come in and drop the cable in the Mm -hmm. wi-fi the modems all that stuff you got to have the tv guys come and hang the tvs you got to organize the movers for the big heavy furniture. You got to pack up your own clothes and the kitchen and all of this other stuff. You've got all of these things that you have to do, and you have to coordinate all of these moving pieces. And the worst part about moving in New York City is that it has to get done within 24 hours. It's a shotgun move every single time. It's not like you can take your time and move no. stuff over days. No, no, you no. have to do it all in one day. Completely move out and completely move in in one day. And it just reminds me that this is one of the worst parts of being an adult, is moving. Now, the absolute worst part, well, we'll get to that because we're about to run down the list. Well, let's just use the green list, the top five things that are awful about The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. See, it sucks to grow up. It yeah, really it does. does. It does. You know what? When you're a kid, you want to have all of the freedom that adults have. Being an adult is overrated. Agreed. Yes. Number five. What is it? Holiday decorations. Putting up the holiday decorations is the absolute worst. Outdoors, you specifically. Want, you, want, you want to get in a good mood. You want to get in the holiday spirit. But you're reminded, you got to put them up. And then the worst part about it is, after the holidays have passed, you got to take them down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when you take them down, that's the worst part. Yeah. Number four. Grocery shopping. Yeah. I can't stand grocery shopping. Now, you no can say, yeah, whatever you want. But listen, it's not a two-man job. I keep trying to tell my wife, grocery shopping is not a two-man job. Give me the list and I'll do it, or you can go do it, but we don't have to go together to grocery shop. Why take an hour and a half out of my day to do this? The idea or the rationale that that is going to speed things up is such a myth it's not even funny it slows things down immensely no question about it's a it. one person job number three number three carlin what you got I, I would have to go with like drawing up a will or any sort of financial planning i sat down with a financial planner the first time once and the first question was so what happens if you die tomorrow 
Oh, thanks. Yeah, that's not the thing that's that you great. want. It's not the Way thing to ease that you want to think about. <laughs> not where you want to go. That was awful. Yeah. That was an awful experience. Okay. What are you about? What about you? Number, number two. two. Number two, trying to convince your parents that they should do something that's in your best interest. <laughs> so my dad, for whatever reason, would rather get in the car and drive six or seven hours rather than let me buy him a ticket oh. to fly to wherever he's going. And his number one excuse is, well, I need my car when I get there. I said, yeah, Dad, that's why they have rental cars at the airport for people that want to drive once they get to where the hell they're going. But trying to convince them to do something that's in their best interest. My dad hits me up a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I went to the doctor and my hips hurt. I wonder why you sat in the car for 12 hours round trip. Number one. Number one, and I think this is universal. Paying taxes. Paying taxes is the worst part of being an adult. Carlin, I just want to know, where does all of the tax money go? Where does it go? I'm driving down First Avenue the other day, Carlin, or driving up First Avenue, however you want to view it. But there is a pothole so big in First Avenue that they put one of the sidewalk trash cans in the pothole to make sure that no cars drove over it because the car would probably get stuck in the pothole. That's how treacherous it is that they put an obstacle in the middle of First Avenue to keep a car from crashing into the pothole. Where the hell does all of the tax money go? Coming soon to Fox News, Canty's Corner, right after Hannity. Oh I don't know. Lord. I don't know if it's Fox News. I think everybody united. <laughs> the worst part about being an adult is paying taxes. I don't, I don't even think that's a d- debatable. I, I, that's not debatable. I, I wish I could debate with you, but I can't. You can't. I can't. No. It's we'll see what Aaron Rodgers has to say about that, too. That, huh? That's tough looking at the paycheck sometimes. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.